0: Who is peddling the Uyghur genocide myth, and why? When former U.S. President Donald Trump introduced his strategic competition policy, describing China as a threat to the U.S. and the West, Britain followed suit, along with other Western allies. So alarmed were they by China's rising global influence. Now under President Joe Biden, coordinated campaigns against China are escalating, one of them being the accusation of genocide perpetrated against the Uyghur Muslims, an ethnic and religious minority in the huge and strategically significant Xinjiang Uyghur Autonomous Region of China. Formerly known as Xinjiang, the Xinjiang region is essentially a Central Asian province in the west of China and northwest of Tibet, which abuts the oil-rich southern states of the former USSR. Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan. And the Hindu Kush, including India, Pakistan, particularly its eastern cities of Islamabad and Lahore, and Afghanistan, Xinjiang is close to Kabul. All key theatres of US economic and military activity, and all increasingly being drawn towards China. This article looks at how the British political and liberal classes are helping to coordinate the false narrative of genocide in order to justify aggression towards China and its ruling party, the Communist Party of China. How evidence is obtained. Narratives around genocide rely heavily on evidence produced by organizations funded by the Western imperial powers. This includes the Australian Strategic Policy Institute, the ASPI, which receives funding from the Australian Department of Defense and other governments, including Britain's. It also receives funds from the arms industry for researching defense capabilities. ASPI reports make several claims. Using very small amounts of data based on satellite imagery, they extrapolate huge figures to claim the destruction of mosques and religious persecution of the Uyghurs. There is no attempt in these reports commissioned studied studies, or sources to speak directly to local communities or to investigate newly constructed mosques. The allegations of forced labour they contain rely heavily on US corporate media articles on the one hand and Chinese media articles on the other, which begs the question, why would the Chinese government plaster its own plan of genocide on the front pages of its own papers? There is no evidence of any attempt by the authors of the ASPI report to visit the Xinjiang region. Rather, the ASPI cherry-picks facts, speculates, extrapolates, and interprets. What's more, the evidence that ASPI uses to substantiate its allegation of labor camps from satellite imagery has been discredited by local residents in Xinjiang. The structures that the ASPI alleged were labor camps turned out on investigation to be apartment blocks, swimming pools, and other civil buildings. The ASPI method of collecting evidence throughout its reports is a carefully selected patchwork quilt of misinformation chosen to fit a preordained narrative. Another widely quoted source of evidence has been provided by the Jamestown Foundation, a think tank that drives conservative US foreign policy and includes, on its board, Robert Spaulding, in large part responsible for Donald Trump's policy towards China. The political motivation, content, and credibility of these reports, commissioned and funded by parties with overtly hostile positions towards China, have been dismantled in detail. Why Xinjiang? The Xinjiang province, which has a large population of Uyghur Muslims, is of strategic interest to Western imperialists. It is an area rich in natural resources and energy and is a vital node in China's Belt and Road Initiative, forming part of the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, CPEC. The region has many borders, including with US-occupied Afghanistan. Regarding its problems of Salafist terrorism, China has published evidence showing the carnage-wreaked by jihadist attacks inside Xinjiang over recent years. China's stated goal is to end the influence of Western terrorist imports over sections of the domestic population, and this is the reason behind its education centers, which are but one component, part of its counter-terrorism and development strategy. It has been the desire of British, European, American and Japanese imperialists balkanize and colonize China for the last 200 years. In the context of the proxy war that Anglo-American imperialism has been waging for the control of the Middle East, the 2020 global capitalist economic depression, and the imperialists' accelerating strategic rivalry with the rising economic power of China, the NATO alliance wishing to destabilize China clearly sees Xinjiang as a soft target. The British Imperialist Toolkit Sanctions, Inquiries, Legislation, Ethics. On the, 22nd of March, on the 22nd of March 2021, using the pretext of these manufactured allegations of forced labour and persecution, the British government issued global human rights sanctions against Chinese individuals and entities it claims are responsible. China, however, has responded in kind, sanctioning, in turn, individuals and entities in Britain who maliciously spread lies and disinformation. This involves a group of right-wing Tory MPs, including Tom Tugendhat of the China Research Group, CRG. The CRG pushes a Western values ideology, justifying and promoting both defensive and aggressive actions against the People's Republic of China, the PRC and the Communist Party of China. Last year, it published proposals on how to manage the CPC so as to defend Western democracy, including by forming a Western political alliance, a proposal the Foreign Office is effectively employing. Quote, The measures laid out in this report provide the UK and other nations with a policy toolkit of potential responses to counter violations of international universal human rights, in particular in Hong Kong and Xinjiang. These policy tools cover the range of resources needed to address China's growing economic and political power and look right across financial services, international law, trade, supply chains, infrastructure investment, information systems, and more." End quote. The above-quoted paragraph makes it abundantly clear that this is not the phony genuflection to human rights, but the real economic interest of of Anglo-American financial and economic domination that concerns the CRG. Tom Tugendhat is also chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, FAC, whose inquiries are used to inform, whose inquiries are used to form government policy. It was the FAC that conceived and framed the fraudulently named and politically motivated global human rights sanctions. These have now been issued not against Tony Blair, George Bush, Barack Obama, or David Cameron for their numerous and well-known genocidal wars, but against Chinese officials. The FAC has held an inquiry based on the Xinjiang, forced labor, and work camp narratives. This has run alongside another inquiry by the Business, Energy, and Industrial Strategic Committee, BEIS, led by Tory MP Nusrat Ghani, who has also been sanctioned by China. Jointly, they wrote to British companies to identify which of them are exploiting the forced labour of Uyghurs in the Xinjiang region of China, i.e. employing Chinese workers in Xinjiang. This shows the coercive measures now being employed to bring companies into line with Britain's foreign policy towards China. What we are seeing is essentially the weaponizing of ethics around sourcing and supply chains. Companies responded with pledges not to employ companies based in Xinjiang, citing the Western-funded Better Cotton Initiative, BCI, ethical policy to which they have signed up and which pushes the narrative of forced labor in Xinjiang. Many of the responses from companies mirror the statements made by Nike and H&M that caused such an outcry in China recently. As a responsible retailer, we have decided not to source any type of production and source, sourcing of any raw material linked to the exploitation and forced labour of Uyghur workers, end quote. New Look, which has also published a longer statement. As members of the Better Cotton Initiative, we have strong due diligence in the supply chain to eliminate cotton, areas, cotton from areas like Xinjiang, ASDA. Significantly, the Better Cotton Initiative... Has not provided evidence of forced labor in the Xinjiang region. This does not appear to matter. The BEIS now wants to create a list of companies that refuse to fall in line with government policy towards China and to find them, following the precedent set by the US's Helms-Burton sanctions on companies that do business with Cuba. This plan resembles the behavior of the USA, which prohibits American companies from trading with countries such as Venezuela, Syria, and Iran, effectively ending commercial relationships. The rhetoric is no surprise, given that the committee's findings were coordinated with allies, as shown here and here, using the same commissioned evidence to drive narratives of gross human rights abuses, making the process of a so-called inquiry a purely academic, PR-driven vehicle aimed at whitewashing and legitimizing Britain and the US's aggressive and hostile foreign policy towards China. US Customs and Border Protection, for example, states that, quote, imports made on the cheap by using forced labor hurt American businesses that respect human rights and also expose unsuspecting consumers to unethical pur- purchases. End quote. The flagrant hypocrisy of this statement is breathtaking every time a u.s citizen puts gas in the tank of their suv buys a bunch of bananas plays a game of Fortnite on their xbox 360 or charges their electric car they are supporting unethical purchase purchases based on poverty pay wage labor genocidal wars and the impoverishment of the peoples of asia africa and latin america that no abuses commissioned by British imperialist allies and proxies against populations or individuals are likely to be punished under this legislation, was made clear when Western liberal democracies refused to sanction Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman or take legal action against Saudi Arabia for the state-sponsored murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi, despite the United Nations invitation for them to do so. trade bills, lawfare and parliament as an echo chamber of US foreign policy. An attempt by Nusrat Ghani and Lord David Alton, now also sanctioned by China, to pass a genocide amendment to the trade bill was narrowly defeated in March. Lord Alton is campaigning to effectively stop Britain trading with China under the genocide narrative. There can be no illusion that Palestinians or Yemenis would have benefited from such legislation, while the Israeli and Saudi regimes enjoy lucrative trading terms and multi-billion dollar arms deals with Britain. Neither would Venezuelans, Venezuelans, Syrians, or Iranians enjoy any respite from the many deaths inflicted upon them by crippling and vindictive US sanctions. Such an amendment would be reserved as a weapon against non-compliant nations. Following similar determinations of genocide by the US and Canada, the British Parliament will debate whether China is responsible for the genocide of Uyghurs on Thursday the 22nd of April. In addition, a specially contrived Uyghur tribunal, falsely named a People's Tribunal, has been called by the all-party parliamentary group Uyghurs, chaired by Labour MP for Bolton Yasmin Qureshi and to make the same determination, lending the imperialist attack on China, a statesman-like above, petting, politicking air. Petty, politicking air. At the head of this kangaroo tribunal is the eminent legal expert Sir Geoffrey Nice QC, who was also recently sanctioned by China. Victims of British imperialism never have the luxury of being so well-represented, The inquiry into Britain's role in destroying Libya was undertaken mainly by the MPs who had voted to invade it, for example, and no such tribunal was set up to investigate Tony Blair's illegal war on Iraq or the war crimes perpetrated against Iraqi people by the British and US occupation, despite the abundant evidence published by WikiLeaks and others. Sir Geoffrey Nice's pact with the devil increasingly casts him as a servitor of US and NATO interventionism and aggressive foreign policy. He took part in the politically motivated trial of Serbian President Slobodan Milosevic in an illegal tribunal alongside other British experts whose remit appears to have been to distract from and lend political cover to NATO's murderous bombing campaign against and dismemberment of Yugoslavia. During that show trial, President Milosevic himself pointed out, quote, and look at this court. The indictment is based on allegations provided by the English intelligence service. The judge is English. The prosecutor is English. The amicus curiae is English. And I, end quote, microphone turned off. Milosevic died in the custody of his NATO captors, and that built that that Clinton Blair. Democrat-Labor-Imperialist imperialist War, as well as Mr. Milosevic's trial, was covered extensively in our newspapers at the time. Sir Geoffrey Nice played an instrumental part in writing the Caesar Report, which formed the background to Donald Trump's Caesar Act that was used to impose what can only be described as genocidal sanctions on the Syrian population, something that even Lord Alton recognized Nice's previous tribunal, the China Tribunal, on organ harvesting, which relied heavily on evidence produced by the CIA-backed Falun Gong cult, is now being used to frame further US sanctions against China. The British Parliament, on this matter, as on so many others, is effectively an echo chamber of US foreign policy, i.e. a mouthpiece for Anglo-American imperialism. The British technique of appointing appointing high-end lawyers to front tribunals appears to be the fomenting of an additional layer of legitimacy to justify imperialist warfare and to sweep away embarrassment after enough blood has spilled. Britain's slide into lawlessness is escalating in the panic of imperialist decay, its increasing desperation fuelled by crisis and decline. Imperialism seeks domination not democracy. We must understand the false human rights rhetoric used by very Western democratic governments that are repeatedly exposed as being the principal exploiting powers, the really global violators of human rights, instigators of genocidal wars, funders and backers of proxy terrorist jihadists and architects of genocidal sanctions the Anglo-American, EU, and NATO imperialist powers. Only then can we understand the true content, meaning, and purpose of the Uyghur genocide myth.